Grace, mercy, and peace to you this Christmas Eve at the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you're quite aware, winter always poses a challenge over celebrating Christmas, especially for us this time of this year. Maybe that's the way it should be. The Holy Family, as you know, were not left in the best arrangements when Christ was to be born. There's nothing easy about this cold and dark time of the year. And yet tonight is Christmas Eve, and it still comes for us to recall, again, Christ's birth. This is necessary to keep from drowning in the countless Christmas stories today to watch. And you know what I'm talking about, because you all have them. I like Christmas Vacation. You might like The Grinch. You might like It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know, but there's lots of them. But this is why the church must gather. It is essential, more than business, to have this story not merely known, but to be shared and spoken, especially on this night. To remember the birth of Jesus is to adore him in our hearts and among the livelihood of our very homes. It's to gather as we can, as God's people, with praise and thanks to him born of the Virgin Mary. Never forget that in history, God carried out a specific plan. He changed his relationship to humanity after that first Christmas forever. And so Luther tells us the great honor we humans have over the way God has come. He says, for no one less than the eternal son of the eternal father, who alone created heaven and earth out of nothing, he it is, as we are here informed, who became a human being and was born into this world just as we are, except that in his case, this all took place without any kind of sin being involved. That is why we can boast that God has become our brother. Yes, part of our flesh and blood. So we could put it this way. To be born as man means God is part of the family. He has joined the history of humanity. Jesus comes with joy over his place among us. This honor given to men, St. Luke celebrates. The nativity of God's Son comes with blessing and grace to give. And so tonight, there are three different words to hear that are for us at Christmas. But all those words share one joy wrapped up in Jesus' birth. So first, the Old Testament speaks its prophetic. By men stands that authority of God's word. St. Luke quotes no prophet of old. He doesn't mention a prophet at all. But they hide behind the scenes. Caesar Augustus in Roman power receives the worldly attention of history. His decrees were the law of the land. And look how his word changed the movements of life itself. Joseph and Mary were bound to his registration policy, but so also God in our flesh did not resist it. Joseph and Mary 
were to go. Israel, though, a nation among many nations of Rome, Bethlehem, definitely a small town, were insignificant to a Roman ruler who was taking account of the whole Roman world. So if you know accounting or know what lists are looking like, I mean, it would have not even shown up that important to look through all the different numbers for taxation and all this stuff. Bethlehem, Israel, chump change. Augustus was a title, not a name, to this Caesar. And that name meant exalted one, because as you can clearly understand, he got things done. Whether it was good or not is a different question, but he was Augustus. The authorities of man do get the glory, but they remain instruments of God. That's what Christmas is all about. Before Caesar's decree came on the scene, before any of that stuff of Rome as a power, God determined from eternity the need of humanity. He gave this saving word to our first parents, Adam and Eve, since authorities of men after the fall, those authorities of men, no matter how great, no matter how well managed, no matter how much technology and how much science and how much stuff we can get, no matter when, would, un, would be able to root out sin, the problem of death, and yet the darkness of the devil. In fact, authority, as you know, would end up in our history line of humanity easily embracing the darkness. But God's word would unfold and stay its course with all authority, a great light. When Caesar called for a census, he was rendering more than a service to Rome, but declaring the way for the coming of God's Son. The prophet Micah tells us Bethlehem as the place, but God's decree was far-reaching to say, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Caesar made his laws, but God held up the times to send the true exalted one, his son, to reign by another kingdom of grace. And that should give us great joy on Christmas. One who is carrying out his plan perfectly, doesn't need our help, but he does indeed give thanks for the service that we see that he brings. Secondly, we know tonight the angels have something to say. Heaven opens with the words of great joy to be for all the people, as you know. The birth of Jesus triggered a response of for God had changed life on earth from the perspective of the angels, where God by his holiness and righteousness once barred the doors not merely of paradise, but also of heaven itself from man. This male child born of Mary could open heaven. He could even be indeed God on earth. A great service for us that in a world that is not paradise. But he opened heaven by his coming as the Christ, the Messiah, who was to be Savior of sinners. And so the father looked upon his son on Christmas Eve with a different way of seeing things. 
the father looked upon his, his son with holy eyes, seeing the future already in Jesus Christ to die on the cross, even within that cradle. It is this delight by God that opened the angels had Jesus will do in time what was a good as accomplished by his coming and reconcile us and all humanity to his Father. And yet, what was to be for the world came to the humblest of people, as you know. John the baptizer in Advent is now replaced with angels greeting shepherds. John greets people of nobility and of worldliness. Angels greet shepherds who stand in darkness and had a great deal of shame. Before their humble lives, they heard the angel proclaim God's love that would be for all. Good news, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So have no fear. Joy to the world. But first, it's for you. Christ is to be your Savior and Lord despite the despair, hardships, and doubt. It can come with sin. It can come with death. It can come with the devil's own darkness. And in that darkness, deeper than shepherds, God's love brings heavenly joy justified in his Son with forgiveness. Baptismal humility in his Son shines with light from above on you. For in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, St. John says, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. That's Christmas. Finally, there is another word on this silent night. It comes from Mary's child, who is not ashamed as God's son to cry like any other child. Jesus is our brother, like Luther said, and also what scripture says, born as a human being in every way and yet without sin. The shepherds faced a shock. Can you imagine by leaving the glory from heaven, that holy space, to now see God hid in glory with all humility to be among us by grace? And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. To seek God in Christ is to see him crying at Christmas, grasping at life, in need of care, just as we were born into the world. And so Silent Night still holds sounds of God for us having him having the last word. The natural cry of Christ in a crib was to naturally embrace his crying out on the cross. You see how unafraid Jesus is to be our Savior? What good news and joy it is, even at Christmas, to already be the crucified King? Love for a sinful world that indeed would be in captive darkness with God now lifted up as the Word 
made flesh. The world needs to know a silent night is not about no sound. Is that what the church is to be like today? The world's celebrating Christmas. I went to Walmart today, and it was packed with people buying their presents at the last second. That's okay. Some people do that. Me too. But Christ, in his holiness, cries with care of God himself to save all that the world wants to rejoice over whatever Christmas it wants to make. Jesus cares far more. So, glory to God in the highest, as the angels say, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The Father was pleased with the shepherds for the peace they saw at the nativity of his Son. But it didn't stop there. But referring them back in faith to the word of what they had been told. You get it? whole advent we've been talking about come and see well they came and they saw and they had to go back to scripture and what the angels themselves said to confirm such humility of god's great love to be among us to celebrate christ's birth is peace on earth but not by how the world decorates it only the word lets us glorify and praise god to remove silence and the world, as we know, will be silenced at last. It's the whole point of Advent. He's coming again in glory. But we don't have to be silent so much this night or tomorrow for Christmas. You have good cheer. God has given us his son. To come and see Jesus at Christmas is more than retelling the story or holding up a tradition. Laugh, sing, and give thanks. God became man and stepped into history. There are three words to hear from the Old Testament, the angels, and the infant child himself in a manger. Great honor men have received, for there is one joy wrapped up for you and any in Jesus. Amen. The mystery, the light of Christ on earth, given this night, bless you with the joy of heaven and the glory that he brings with his angels and saints on the last day. Amen. In place of the offertory tonight, then, as mentioned, we'll be singing an additional hymn, and that is A Great and Mighty Wonder, 383. And if you'll note that this hymn is written a very long time ago, and it's a very informative hymn for our times today.